0: On this episode of the Slow County Real Estate with Hal Swayze podcast, Team Swayze talks about the challenges of what you should offer for a house in a hot
1: market. I mean, I had a listing a month ago that we had 70 showings on a condo in town in two days. In a, on a sef, condo? Sef, on a condo in town, 70 showings. Just because the property has a listing price doesn't mean that it necessarily meets market value. If it's a good property, don't get caught up in the fact that I'm paying more. Anybody who outbid anybody else in the last five years, You know what they're thinking right now? Thank goodness. I'm glad I did it. Join
0: Hal, James, JT, and Jay for a closer look into how you should be structuring your offers in order to get it accepted. Here's Team Swayze member and host of the
2: Slow County Real Estate with Hal Swayze podcast, James Boyden. Welcome to the Hal Swayze podcast. With me, I have the president of Team Swayze, Hal Swayze with me, business consultant for House Swasey, John Turner, and of Keller Williams, Mr. J. Pete. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Let's jump right into it. Our topic today is paying over asking price. Prices have been going up and crazy. How is it a good idea to pay over asking price when you're buying a house?
1: If you look back over time, there's been situations where properties were priced below market and they would get bid up if you had a brand new, I don't know, what's an expensive car, Ferrari or something like that. And somebody said, here's a Ferrari brand new for 50,000 bucks. I'm sure it costs way more than that. Do you think it would get bid up?
2: Is this a house auction? What do you you mean?
1: Well, what I'm saying is if if it's going for sale, people will go, oh, well, I'm going to offer more than that because that thing's below the market. I I think people need to get over the fact that if there's more than one person offering on a property and it's Mm -hmm. competing offers, That that's not a bad thing because in real estate, if a house in a regular market where homes are selling in a month or two, for example, and it's on the market for three or four months, what do you think people think about a house that's been sitting when other homes are selling? Something wrong with it. Yeah, get some sort of. Stick- I'm going to offer a whole lot less. I'm going to offer yeah. less. Nobody else is buying it. Why should I buy it? You should almost feel glad that other people are interested. Meaning, when you ever sell the house, it'll be you know it's an in demand property. But mm-hmm. but let's take a, a bigger look because that's not going to make people happy to hear that. What, what I think people are saying is, okay, if I'm looking at a house and and Jeff's here and he's producing and he's talking about his house purchase, which I thought was a phenomenal example, he had set price. Hey, the most we're going to do over asking is thirty thousand bucks. And they did that seven times that it didn't work, right, and mm-hmm. finally, they had a, a house that they really, really wanted. He offered fifty five thousand dollars more and got the house. If you would have taken you know four or five six months, which can happen in this market and waited, what do you think in those cases in the last ten years has ha- happened to house prices usually over six months gone gone, up gone right? up most yeah. Definitely, yeah. so 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 if you're looking at a house that's desirable and you got a favorable payment and you have to go up let's say Forty thousand dollars, which I don't want to make light of that, but forty thousand dollars at today's rates, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of money. At today's rates for a mortgage, if you just borrowed that amount, forty thousand, at five and a half percent, which that's about where rates are, a little bit lower some days, a little bit not much higher, it's going to cost you about two hundred, two hundred six dollars a month. So Jay, you were you were talking about your
0: son? You just got him a rental? Yeah, it, right? he just he went into a two bedroom, two bath apartment, like second story apartment. 1,000 square feet and he's paying $3,000
1: a month rent. Yeah. So let's say I'm a renter. Eh, I'm worried about the market. It seems high. I don't want to bid more. Okay, I get it. And if you're paying 3000 a month rent and, and you get a rent increase of 9%, which a landlord could do, Can do if yeah. they want, right? So that's what? 270 yeah, bucks. Yep. So year, you're now paying more money when you could have locked in for an extra $200 a month to a mortgage that will be fixed for 30 years. If it's a good property, don't get caught up in the fact that I'm paying more. Anybody who outbid anybody else in the last five years, you know what they're thinking right now? Thank goodness. Right. Yeah, I got I'm deal. glad I did it. Right. The deal right. is getting the house. Right. So, so that's the perspective somebody has to take when they're in a competitive situation. I mean, going to auction, nobody bids on something. What does that mean about the value of the item? It's not worth anything. That People understand how important it is to own real estate. So, so uh, I, I would say- Take it on an individual basis. We deal with this all the time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to take a step back and see what you're really committing to versus what the option is. So, so you're the
2: listings guy. How, how many um, of your listings would you say go over your asking price?
1: This year, almost all of them. Yeah, we average like, I don't know, 6% above list price. Yeah. And that means some are going 10% over and some maybe a little bit less. But I, this year so far, I think a couple at full price. And that's just lately as you know, so, so not much.
3: So buying a house, you should expect
1: it. Just- yeah, absolutely. And if it's a good house and it checks mm-hmm. all the boxes, there are going to be a lot of people who want it, including you. So be ready.
3: I think one of the consulting questions that agents are asking their buyers now is, you know, what's that house worth to you? Forget what the list price is. What's that house worth to you? And if the house is listed for 850 and somebody else bought it, for nine fifty and moved into your house, would you be disappointed? And if the answer is no, I wouldn't be disappointed, then it's not worth nine fifty to you. It's worth nine fifty to someone else. But there is a worth. So you you
2: have to get an appraisal, correct? Like your your house is appraised. There is a a, you know quote worth what your house is worth. Let's say that the eight fifty house appraises for seven hundred and fifty thousand.
0: An appraisal is a backwards view. That's a historical value of a property. That's something that's already happened. And what we're doing when we're, we're looking at properties on the market today, we're talking about today, current, and future value um, when we're making offers. Because every month that ticks by, properties are going up in value. And when we're talking about appraisals, we're talking about historical values. And that mm-hmm. can come up to, to be a problem if you've got a lender that says you know, we need to have the house appraised if we're going to lend
1: this amount of money. And I know, I'm sure Hal's run into this problem. Surprisingly enough, with as strong as the market's been, I've had very few appraisal issues, right? Well, it's like, oh, they agreed on this price, and the appraiser says, no, I, you know, I can, you know, they're paying 900 I can only come up with 875 You know
0: what I attest that to, Hal, is that you know when you said something very unique a a moment ago that your your listings because you're heavy in listings, uh, is that you're you know six to ten above asking price because you're pricing the properties properly. I've seen properties go for forty and fifty over asking price because they were priced poorly. To be honest, Um, I think that's a testimony to what you do and how you represent your sellers.
3: Thank you. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've learned since I've started working with Hal is, I used to think as a as a seller, well, I'll just price my house aggressively and if I don't get it I can always lower the price and what I've learned is that that's kind of counterintuitive isn't it
1: yeah a lot a lot of people don't like to lower their price as a seller right you're talking about a seller, yeah and yeah I mean the psychology is I mean (laughs) if you go to a store and there's one item on the shelf and there's three people in the aisle and there's the only thing you're going to start running faster than you normally would right so when people compete they do more I mean why do auctions work so well I mean, because people are like, oh, well, if they want it, then I'm, you know. And right. if nobody wants it, it's like, well, that emo- sit there.
2: There's emotions involved.
1: Well, for sure it's emotions, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, why do people go to gym classes instead of by themselves? Because there's other people around. They want to, you know, right. it's in human nature to be somewhat competitive. At the end of the day, though, for a buyer, they have to make a sound decision. I think JT's advice is the best, right? And, and it's really boiling down to what is that house worth to you? And then at the end, it gets incremental. So I'm just saying, you know, and that's why, as a representative for sellers oftentimes, um, I let people know that sometimes just little moves m- is a way to get to a much larger target. Meaning like, hey, James, can you put out 100 push-ups right now? Definitely not. Yeah, it's a no for yeah. all of us, yeah. right? Oh, except John. John <laughs> no, will do 100. John, yeah. 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 given the appropriate time frame. <laughs> yeah, given the appropriate time frame, right? right? right. So, but if I say, hey, can you do 10? Sure, right? And then, no, I mean, and then, yeah. and then Jay goes, well, I can do 10. Jay does 11. And next thing you well, you know, I'll, I'll do a few more, right? Next thing you know, yeah. you know, 15, 20 minutes later, you guys might be pushing 50 or 100. I don't know. Right. You guys are strong. But yeah, anyway, yeah. my point is sometimes that happens. And if you go to an auction, you know, you see people go, hey, anybody give me $10,000 for this $200 item? Well, that shuts down the room. Okay, just give me 50 bucks, you know, and they start the bidding, right? Sure. So anyway, competitive Pricing happens, and you just have to be comfortable with what you're going to offer.
3: You started with this paying over asking price a good idea, mm-hmm. and my smart aleck answer is only if you want to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> so what yeah. you're
2: saying is that you should expect to pay over asking price. You know, it, it, As of right now, we, we notice somewhat of a shift mm-hmm. right in the market. Can yeah. you talk to us about that a little well, bit?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, honestly, um, for six to 10 months, you know, I'm losing track of time, but my, my sit down with the sellers, listen, um, let me have James come and do our professional photography on a Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll get everything drafted up for the pre-marketing. We'll post it and put it on all the websites as a coming soon listing. You guys go take a hike for three hours on a Saturday and a Sunday. Give us that time. I mean, I had a listing a month ago that we had 70 showings on a condo in town in two days.
2: On a condo?
1: On a condo in town, 70 showings. So on Monday, we'll gather up all the offers and we'll start the bidding process. That has changed for certain properties like, oh, the whole weekend went by and only a few people looked at it. And we didn't have an offer, Ooh. you know, and then, right. Oh no, the last, you know, two weeks later we get an offer and it's only full price and people are crying. Well, right. yeah. let's step back for a second. Yeah. Easy. In most markets, <laughs> right. If yeah. you get a full price offer, right. You know, you're calling your parents or your friends and going, right. Hey, I got a full price right. offer. Now it's like, well, I didn't get 10 people bidding. I'm pissed off. That change could happen. It's bound to happen. Yeah. Right. Three to four days. Market time is not normal.
2: Which created a little bit of panic people see a shift thinking it's a bubble we talked about a bubble before are we going to go back to you know how do
1: you feel about that is,
2: is, well it's
1: is, it's been a fast move yeah if you get gas every day at 350 a gallon and suddenly it moves up to six dollars a gallon your behavior is going to change and you're going to be upset and that kind of has happened in real estate a little bit where's my three percent rate i'm at five and a half which is still really good But then you just get used to it. Now I'm still paying six or dollars a gallon or whatever it is. And people get adjusted to that. And this is where the prices are okay. And we got a little adjusted to super quick market times and competing offers. Um, That may subside somewhat. But then people get used to it. And now I'm seeing competing offers again, right? So we had a lull for like a month and a half. And now it's like, oh, well, we had six offers on this one. Who would have known? The market ebbs and flows all the time.
2: Jay, is it consistent with all the the Keller Williams listing agents as well like just like how
0: yeah we've got you know 220 agents under the brokerage and close over a hundred deals a month and six months ago 20 offers you know all over asking price now we're seeing on average three or four maybe one or two with conditions so there's two real solid offers and one of them gets accepted so the offer count has come down because the prices have gotten to a point and and uh, you know I, I think it, it is it's really important to notice or, or to reference the, uh, the you know the rate increase right in interest rates every time the rate goes up a half a point you lose 50 grand in buying power so that's taking some of the people out of the market or putting them in a different like price point to be looking for properties and that, that changes things a lot. But yeah, to, I I think we're seeing it across the County um, as a, as a standard things are kind of, they're kind of percolating, bouncing on the ceiling. And um, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: you know, that that's, that's just where we're at.
3: There's also an interesting phenomena in our history. And if you'd have said to me how on January the 1st, Hey JT rates are going to go up uh, later on this year. And so you know, prices might start to dip a little bit, I'd have said, that makes absolute sense to me. Well, in our history, uh, there's no correlation between interest rates and and appreciation. In fact, if you look back in our history, some of those times uh, where our interest rates were the highest, my first house, double-digit interest rates, in 1978, we had tremendous appreciation in the late 70s and early 80s when, interest rate, when mortgage rates were above 10%. Interest rates going up, yeah. It does affect buying power, yes. But if history repeats itself, it may not impact pricing that much. Well,
1: and we're no, Well, I have an economics degree, and, and I don't know how I got that, but um, it was because it was from Cal Poly <laughs> yeah. and a great university, which I love. And I'm joking, but economically that was an inflationary time, right? Right. So when when there's inflation, you know, your dollar doesn't go as far. So you want to have it in things that go up in value. So I think I see that now, right? Because the rates have impacted some people, but there's a lot of people with intergenerational wealth. Yeah. There's families going together to help children purchase a lot of cash purchases. And when your cash makes less than 1% sitting in a bank and with inflation, maybe less next year, you go well, let's. Why don't we put that in a house, yeah. which will be worth more? We have a place to live. We can like, or whatever they do. So it, it is interesting because I, I I'm still not sure I believe JT, but I saw the graphs. You know, nationwide increase in rates did not drive prices down. Yeah. You know, it's, who would have thought?
2: So earlier we talked about you know the, the emotional part of it. You know, like bidding more and, and increasing prices. Do you ever get the buyer's remorse? Somebody you know gets their deal accepted. They're like, I pay too much for this. Oh, I, I don't want. Yeah, it.
1: that's normal. If you don't have it or feel it, it's you're, it's weird. Almost everybody has some sense of that. And then sometimes we're talking about okay. I mean, you always have the option to not you know go forward with it. I mean, mm-hmm. we want people to be happy, and then we have to provide some context. You know, it's like having a, a kid in high school. Ah, I'm studying with this test. You know, with science, I'm just not. Mm, it's so hard. Can I just give up? Well, you yeah. can. But why don't we just stick in there and get through the finish of class. And usually that time is when you're tested as a person. Can I afford it? Afraid I can't. Are we good enough? You know, those sort of things. And I'm not a psychologist, but I just see it a lot and just go, you know what? Sure. People that have a lot of confidence, you know, they just kind of move through it and go, okay. And sometimes the biggest challenges in your life are the things that scare you the most. And when you get on the other side, you go, whew, yeah. did it, right? Yeah.
3: I, I think James is talking about buyer remorse from the time you... You uh, get your offer accepted until the time you close it, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yep. Yeah. I, I, Hal, you've sold nearly 3,000 houses in this county since you started 30 years ago. How many of those people do you think have buyer's remorse? Now? Yes. Zero. The witness is excused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, you yeah. get in, you're glad you yeah.
1: did. I don't like buying cars, but when I buy it, you know, I remember one time I bought one. It was new. And it was, the next day I called the guy. I really don't like it that much, you know. You're stuck and then, with it. And I had it, and then I was like, no, I love the car. And that was a car I didn't really like that much. So, People love to have their homes, and they become theirs. So. Yeah. It, it, it's a wealth-building vehicle. It
0: truly is. Um, yeah. I made, in an earlier um, session here, I mentioned that I bought my house, the one I'm living in, in 2006. I grossly overpaid. That was right before the market collapsed, and I'd lost half of its value in 2000, by 2008. Did you lose it? I, I
1: didn't, because I you didn't sell. You didn't lose it, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you I, I didn't lose anything. You, you would have lost it and down. sold it, yeah. 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 right? Yeah. Yeah. The value and went so, down, and so did your mortgage rate. Yeah, everything went down. Yeah, the cost of owning that house went down.
0: I'm so glad I did. I bought the house, and there was like while I was in escrow, I'm like, oh my gosh, this no house has ever sold for this much on this street. Are we idiots? Well, we got to live somewhere. We want our kids in the school district. We're paying it, and I'm so glad that I mean being able to pull cash out and buy uh, one of the businesses that I own. It was really, I mean, it's a wealth building tool. And I'm just, I just no remorse.
3: We've heard House say this before. It's not. Timing in the market—it's time in the market. Absolutely, and, and it's not just true in real estate; it's it's true in other investments. You look back—if you had a hundred thousand dollars in your four hundred one k in two thousand and late in two thousand and seven, you'd you'd have awakened in March of two thousand and eight, and it's worth fifty thousand now. Your choice is to do nothing or to sell. And if you sold, you'd have about sixty thousand today. And if you did nothing, you'd have about three hundred thousand today. So, you know. Same is true with with housing, just if you have the appropriate time horizon, meaning you own the house long enough, you're gonna do great.
1: And and let me backstop that because everybody's worried about the next recession. It makes headlines in the news, what's gonna happen. Trust me, it crosses my mind as well. And the unique thing about being here in real estate is, you know, unless you're in a situation where you have to sell your house, okay? When do you have to sell your house? You got a loan, Maybe you lose your job, you can't afford it, right? So what are your options? You know, here, the reason our prices maybe didn't drop as much during the recession is because we have a really strong rental market. So nobody's going to give you a loan today on a place you can't afford, but circumstances can change, right? And then even if you have to move for a job, you know, I lost my job in San Luis Obispo. I did get another one in Oklahoma. I'm taking the job because I need the job. A lot of people just rented their homes out, they waited out the storm, the thing covered itself, and now, you know, they're fine. So if I think I've bought and sold real estate for myself, and and if I always look back, if there's something I tell my kids, it's like, yeah, the people who are smart just just never sold anything. I mean, not that you shouldn't, but I'm just saying, over time, it makes a difference. So you are pretty well protected with a thing like a house, even if the worst calamity happens. For almost everybody, you can be okay. Especially here, I can speak to the Central Coast.
2: Prices going to level off at all? We talked about last episode. We, there was a thirty four percent increase in San Luis Obispo, the city of San Luis Obispo. Is it our prices going to start leveling off? It, it maybe not tapering down. I mean, should we expect? Should everybody expect just prices just keep
1: rising and rising and
2: rising? Or you know what? What should we expect? Just got the crystal ball. Yeah, yeah I'm going. on order one. Yeah, what should yeah. we expect?
1: John's more an optimist than I am, for sure. Right? Because yeah. he's studied that and he's in the financial services industry, so he right. sees Mr. the power. MBA, of time. Yeah, And every time I look at price, I go, "How on the earth is this happening?" But I've been thinking that for eight years.
2: May of 2023, are we going to have a 30 percent increase in price?
1: Hmm. It doesn't seem likely, but I, you know, who. I have no idea. Maybe if we have another pandemic, I, mean, I shouldn't even say that. That's please, don't, horrible. Don't say, re- please retract. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. going <laughs> to retract that. Please. Oh my gosh. But I mean, who would have thought <laughs> this situation right, right would create this kind of response? People making their house more important. People migrating from cities. Yeah. People working from home. Who would have ever thought that would have affected real estate? I mean, not it's me. Not, I'm
2: not. That this part. is some amazing things. that
0: affected
1: yeah. San Francisco proper or LA proper. People are getting out. I don't know what the prices are there, but well, no, they're going up there. Trust me, it's wow. all over the country. I talk to people all over the country, and in spite of people leaving there and you know other places, the prices are still increasing in all these places. Everywhere, right? So will it level, James? I, you know, you go back to 2018. I forget which year. You know, it'd be strong for four months. Then yeah. and then it's like. Wow, my neighbor got one, you know, a million dollars for his house. Now it's August. Nobody's even willing to pay me 900 How did that happen? It changes all the time. This is not a speculative thing, owning or buying real estate. This is a long-term thing. So, you know, I mean, if I own Amazon stock or whatever company and that's paying me my dividend, I don't care if it goes to zero. If I don't sell it, it doesn't matter as long. Hey, I'm getting that monthly. I've got some value. I think people get really caught up in prices and they should look at the value. What is the value of having a consistent cost of living? Hello. A lot of people like security.
2: JT,
3: you had something you... you, I I was teasing a friend this morning on the phone. I said, you know, because we were talking about this very subject. Yeah. And and you know when when the top of the market is in the stock market? It's the same day that the top of the market is in the real estate market for me. And it's the day I check out of this earth. None of us have seen the top of the market. Oh, we saw the top of the market in 2008. Oh, now it's not the top of the market anymore is it we haven't seen the top of the market yet either in in the stock market or the real estate market if you ask me question was uh, is uh, pain over asking a good idea so any, any
2: final thoughts on that
0: deal is I mean getting a deal in real estate the deal is getting the house if you're and the house is worth what um, somebody's willing to pay that's the fundamental principle of uh, capitalism
3: answers yes <laughs> yeah plain
2: and simple yep. yes I agree House yep. Wazy. All right. Gentlemen, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you,
1: James. Thanks, James. Thanks, James.
2: Thank you for listening to the House Wazy podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Wazy podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on housewazy.com, where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. HalSwayze.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the Hal Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3750.
0: Hal Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker. DRE number 01111911. This Low County Real Estate with
1: Hal Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.